Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G-E-T-L-I-V-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. You're covered by their 365-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to risk. But supplies are limited, so go head over to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll-free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic is all about the pelvic floor. Pelvic floor is so critical. In fact, some of the major symptoms that you're dealing with a pelvic floor imbalance are going to be incontinence. Um, you're going to have uh, frequent urination oftentimes, lower back pain for men, especially lower back pain, erectile dysfunction can be a major symptom associated with pelvic floor imbalance, um, painful intercourse, particularly for females that can be associated with this. So there are so many different symptoms associated with it. And I brought on an expert, Jana Danielson, and she is going to talk about the relationship between the diaphragm and how you breathe and the pelvic floor, the critical role that oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich blood plays when it comes to a healthy functioning pelvic floor. She's going to talk about some of the major symptoms, root causes. She's also going to talk about why the Kegel, which is one of the most well-known exercises out there for pelvic floor imbalance, may not be the best thing to do and what you really should be doing to support your pelvic floor. A little bit about Jana. She is an award-winning wellness entrepreneur who through her own experience with physical pain turned her mess into her message, which has now become her mission. She's an Amazon international best-selling author, founder of Lead Pilates and Lead Integrated Health Therapies and the Meta District, her online wellness community. She's the host of the Medicine of Mindset Summit, 
and she has coached and consulted with tens of thousands of women all over the world. And she developed something called the Cooch Ball, which is the world's first patented pelvic floor fitness tool for women. She also has um, a, a product as well for men that she's going to talk about as well. And if you guys go to the show notes on drjockers.com for this, we actually have a special offer for her Coach Ball and Cooch Fix Pack Mini, which is a three-part course that helps you unlock tight hips, back, bloating, neck tension with your Cooch Ball. So you guys got to check it out and you'll really enjoy this topic. She goes through so much and she's a great speaker. I think you're going to really love this. And please share this with anybody that you know and that you care about that really needs to hear this information. Thanks so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community. And let's go into the show. Well, Jana, great to be able to connect with you. And, you know, pelvic floor is such an important topic and it's it's not communicated about enough, but so many people out there are dealing with a lot of chronic symptoms that are associated with a weak pelvic, uh, just a pelvic floor, core, you know, uh, kind of that whole musculature that's connected in and around the center of our body. And so how did you get involved with the pelvic floor? How did you take such an interest in this? You know, it really happened organically. I uh, I grew up, I mean, I mean, I'm a farm kid, lots of open space, lots of fresh gardens, and grew up believing that when your body was hurting or when you were ill, you went to the doctor, you got your medication, you took your medication, you got better. And in my late teens, early 20s, my pain was digestive in nature. My dad, being a farmer, had Tums antacids, you know, in his pickup truck everywhere. And so I just thought my stomach was like my dad's. And a two and a half year uh, journey, medical journey, you know, landed me on 11 different medications just to have my medical team tell me that they believed my pain was in my head and I was seeking attention and they wished me a nice life. And um, there's that game show, um, I think it's So You Want to Be a Millionaire, where you can either call a friend or ask the audience, right? And I felt like my lifeline was just cut because what was I, you know, what was, what was my next step? I trusted that, that my medical team would, would heal me. And so through my pain journey, even though my pain was digestive in nature, those, you know, listening to this podcast know that when you're in pain, it doesn't matter where the pain is, your entire body is impacted. We naturally protect. Um, we might not eat as well as we should. We might not drink, you know, the, the water that, that our body needs. And we become just like this armored being that is protecting from the pain, trying to do whatever we can to not live in pain. And even though I hadn't had my three boys yet, there was a lot of tension in through my pelvis because my pain was in my gut, right? So there was lots of tucking my tailbone, rounding my shoulders, very shallow breathing that was leading my body to believe that it was in this sympathetic fight or flight state state all the time. And, um, I found Pilates after I was told that the pain was in my head. And after 16 weeks of taking two Pilates mat classes a week, I was off all my medication. I didn't, I had no idea why I I didn't believe Mm -hmm. that simple breathing, aligning my spine, moving, standing like I should, um, could heal the way it did. And I was so intrigued that I was like, I need to learn more. And so I did my Pilates certification. And in that, I started learning more about, like you mentioned, the core and some myths really started to be busted for me. You know, we, we've been told by the fitness industry that our, you want a strong core, you better do your crunches and you better do your planks, right? But we don't realize that our core is this 360 degree cylindrical structure with a ceiling and with a floor. Mm. And so as I started to learn that, you know, that our diaphragm, that main muscle of respiration is the ceiling. The pelvic floor is the floor and the relationship between those two parts of our body is so simple that if we're not breathing properly and that big diaphragm that it's like a mushroom cap umbrella shaped muscle in our rib cage, if that muscle is not functioning efficiently, it's kind of on a holiday, a vacation, the pelvic floor follows suit. So, so many of us are on the path to pelvic floor dysfunction simply because as Joseph Pilates said, Breath is the first and the last act of life. And somewhere in the middle, we forget how to do it. So that's really what drew me to learning more about the pelvic floor and realizing that through my teaching, I I left my corporate career at that point. 
I became a wellness entrepreneur, started teaching Pilates out of my home. That grew into a 2,200 square foot studio. That grew into a 9,000 square foot studio with an integrated health therapies clinic attached. And just getting into the public and doing this education and realizing that people weren't talking about it. They thought they were the only person on earth that was dealing with a cough or a sneeze and peeing or a husband with erectile dysfunction. And it really motivated me to create a platform where I could start to educate and inspire people to understand that just like we want to have strong arms and, you know, strong glutes and strong legs, even though we don't see our pelvic floor, it's still there. And it is a central part of our health and well-being. And if we understand it, understood it a little bit more, really are, we could exponentially increase our quality of life. Yeah, it's really, really critical. You mentioned a couple of the main symptoms, urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction. What are some of the other major symptoms associated with uh, an imbalance? I guess that would probably be the best term, right? It's not necessarily a weakness, although that can that can definitely play in, but an imbalance in the pelvic floor. It is. It can be too weak. It can be too tight or it can be anywhere in the middle. And so, you know, incontinence and erectile dysfunction are two that are more commonly known. But what people don't realize is if you have chronically tight hips, if you, you know, you go and get your chiropractic adjustment, you do your massage, you you know, you're on your foam roller all the time, but you just you have this chronic hip tightness that can be a pelvic floor symptom constipation. Um, you know, there's, there's a direct relationship to gut health. There's, you know, low back pain, sciatic issues, cold, tingly feet. If you're someone that always has cold feet, um, that's a circulation issue that can be impacted by the pelvic floor. I worked with one mom who actually her 11 year old daughter want, would, would not go on sleepovers with all her little friends because she was still wetting the bed and she had she said, I've done everything. I don't know what else to do. And, and this little girl was quite a good ballet dancer. And so, you know, her ballet training taught her to hold everything and, and put her body into positions for the aesthetic of it. And it actually was that little 11 year old pelvic floor was so mm. tight that we were able to work with her. And within about a month, month and a half, she was having sleepovers with her little friends for the very first time. So it's not just, uh, you know, a woman that's had a baby issue. It's not just a woman in menopause issue. It's not just a guy with like, we talk about erectile dysfunction or post prostate cancer surgery issue. It really spans everybody, both genders, doesn't matter how old you are, what your bank account says, this is a part of everyone's realm. Yeah, for sure. And so when we're talking about the pelvic floor, let's talk about kind of the anatomy of it, what mm -hmm. those muscles are, where they're located. A lot of people, they hear that term, they're not quite sure if it's, is it the front, the back? I mean, you mentioned it, uh, you know, kind of being there's a top and a bottom, right? There's a floor mm -hmm. and, a, and a ceiling. So can you go through that? Yeah, let's do that. So let's, let's build the core because the pelvic floor is a part of that. So our six pack muscle, the rectus abdominis lives directly under our skin. And that's why we chase that muscle as a indicator of, of fitness, right? But yet from a functional perspective, those rectus abs sit you up on a bed, stand you up after you tie your shoe. There really is little function in that muscle. If you go a little deeper in toward the body, there's two sets of muscles called our obliques, internal and external obliques. They make an X shape at the front of the body. They twist us. They, you know, when we throw a football or do a shoulder check, those are the obliques. Deepest to that is a group of, of muscles called the transverse abdominis. Now, these muscles are super important and very undervalued. They are like a big, thick Olympic weight training belt or a corset. They start in the back of the body and wrap to the front. So that's what gives us shape. It holds us up. It protects our organs. It you know gives us spine support. Now the cylinder is built. That diaphragm is that dome-shaped muscle mm -hmm. that creates the ceiling. The pelvic floor is the floor underneath it. And so if you were like, if you're sitting right now, uh, and you're not on too cushiony of a chair, you should feel two little bony butt bones, okay? So those little butt bones are called your ischial tuberosities, all right? And that's the pointy bones in the pelvis. The pelvic floor literally looks like a little hammock. There's layers of muscles and there's different angles of muscles, different attachment points. We don't need to get into that technicality of the pelvic floor, but what people need to realize is when they are sitting on their butt, 
and they feel those two bony butt bones. If you can feel those bones and then visualize where your pubic bone is, or, you know, touch that pubic bone at the front of your body and just get a sense of where the anus is. The pelvic floor really is, is the, the tissue that is located in between those four bony landmarks. All right. Functionally, the pelvic floor holds our organs up inside of us. There is a main nerve that runs from our brain down to that part of our body. It's called the pudendal nerve. Now, the pudendal nerve is super important. It has two really big jobs because it's a motor nerve and a sensory nerve. Now, what does that mean? It means that it's the information highway from your brain to your pelvic floor. So you go and lift up. If you're at the gym and you're, you know, maybe you're deadlifting, um, it's sending messages. If you're picking up your baby in a bucket seat, it's sending messages. If you're raking the lawn, it's sending messages about when it should work and when it should not work. And then it's also sensorial. So it creates the entire spectrum of feeling sensations from all the way from pain up to pleasure and everything in between. So this small little area of our body, and those of you, if you're watching the pelvic floor, if you were to join your index fingers and your thumb, that's kind of the shape of it. It's kind of like a, like a spade, I guess, on a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, and when we have poor posture, seated or standing, if you sling your purse or your backpack on one shoulder as a habit, if you carried your kids on one hip, if you carry your cell phone, or like my dad used to wear his wallet in his back pocket all the time, the bones of our body are going to actually start to shift. The pelvis is going to get, you know, be out of alignment. So a lot of people think that you have to have some sort of trauma or you have to have had kids or, you know, been a cyclist or have these moments where, oh, now there's pelvic floor dysfunction. And actually that's a really big myth. It's not the case at all. It can happen just unbeknownst to you based mm -hmm. on, you know, your activities of daily living and how you, how you express those. Yeah. It's really important to know. I know we have four young kids and my wife, we had twin, our, our first two. So we started with twin boys who are now seven. And, um, my wife had a lot of urinary infrequency after that, or right? just the recovery process of that. And so, um, we really tried to work on that pelvic floor. One of the key exercises that we were doing was the Kegel. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously it's probably the most commonly you know, when most people think about the core and the abs, they're doing sit-ups, crunches, they're doing leg lifts. And then, you know, then, you know, some people that know a little bit more, they're doing planks, right? It's kind of a little bit more advanced. Okay. And then a little bit more advanced is the Kegel. But what we're realizing is that that may not be in, in a lot of cases, the best exercise for the, the pelvic floor. I'm really glad you mentioned that because the, as we, yeah, I 100% agree with everything you've said. The Kegel really has become the foundation of pelvic floor training. Yet, in many cases, the Kegel can be almost the last thing that the body needs, especially if the pelvic floor is what we call hypertonic. Okay. So there's a spectrum. There can be too much tone, too much tension, too tight. We call that hypertonic. It's like if you give your kids you know, some sugar, they're going to be bouncing off the walls hyper. On the other side, there's hypo. So there's a lack of tone. Now, in most cases, the way people through my experience, my almost 20 years of working with people, when I ask them about the Kegel, they'll say, oh yeah, it's when you imagine like you stop the flow of urine and then you start the flow of urine, right? And we could even, you can even do that just listening to this. Oh yeah, I stop the flow of urine, everything tightens up. And then I start the flow of urine. If you are someone that is already living in that hypertonic state, that too tight state, a Kegel can actually elevate the level of tension and a functional muscle, everyone needs to have two parts to it. It's the yin and the yang, right? It's the day and the night. It's the peanut butter and the jelly. It's the work and the rest. So if you're already working all the time and you don't even realize it's happening, there's just so much tension and now you're stopping the flow of urine and it's getting tighter and tighter, but you're not really in your mind, you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm releasing, but functionally you're really not releasing. That's where the Kegel can actually not, and I don't want to say cause harm, but it's not going to fix the way the person is thinking, oh, I do my Kegels all the time, right? Why is this not changing in my body? Mm -hmm. So here's the, here's the little caveat to the Kegel. 
The Kegel is a great exercise when you reframe it. And here's what the reframe is. The reframe is instead of thinking of that group of muscles like a switch, I'm turning it on or I'm turning it off. It's either one or the other. There needs to be that in between. If you were at the gym with 10 pound dumbbells and you were doing a bicep curl, as you curled that weight toward your shoulder, the muscle is responding. It's the process, right? It's not just going boom, 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 right? So it's the same thing with the pelvic floor. When we inhale in through our nose, our lungs fill with air, the diaphragm contracts. And as the diaphragm lowers, the pelvic floor also lowers in response to that. So the pelvic floor is resting. When we exhale and the lungs empty and the diaphragm can go back to its expanded state, the pelvic floor follows it. So it's kind of like this dance the, with the diaphragm and pelvic floor, they, they move together. And so if you think about picking up a grape with your vagina, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but the lifting of an elevator, the lowering of an elevator for guys, the, the metaphor or the symbolism or the visualization is the feeling you get when you walk into the lake for the first time, you know, in the springtime and you get the water gets about three quarters of the way up your thigh. And there's that lifting sensation mm. of the scrotum of the boys, right? That's a pelvic floor lift. When you almost get into an accident and everything clenches, that's what we don't want. We don't want that really fast dramatic tension because right away those muscles talk to the brain. And it's like alert, 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 alert. And the body starts to really work in that sympathetic, you know, cortisol goes up. All, and it's you're not in danger, but you're telling your brain that you are based on what you're doing with your pelvic floor. So the Kegel should be like a wave, waves on the ocean. You exhale and there's the lift. You inhale and there's the lower. It's very calm. It's very subtle, but that's where the power is really in the subtlety. And, you know, Dr. Jockers, so you're I saying with, it's kind of yeah, like a yeah. like a dimmer switch almost. It's mm -hmm. like you're kind of yes. gradually increasing the contraction, gradually releasing it rather than you know just a quick, strong contraction re release. That's exactly what it is. And it's retraining your mind to feel the subtlety versus that great big sensation, which I think when it comes to movement and fitness, we're searching for the big burn. We're searching for the big stretch. And this is kind of the opposite of that. You're actually trying to get, it's like being a connoisseur of fine wine. You want to see how little movement can I create in that area of my body and my brain still recognize that that's happening. That's really what I try and, you know, train my, my clients to think about. That's a really good, really good uh, uh, summary there. And uh, I think that's really helpful for our listeners. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite products. It's liposomal vitamin C. People ask me what, what they should take to keep their immune system strong so they don't get sick. I tell them vitamin C. In fact, scientists say that taking vitamin C daily can help you recover from infections and illnesses two times faster. A recent study showed that hospitalized patients suffering from a serious respiratory infection recovered twice as fast when they took vitamin C. And patients were able to go home seven days sooner than patients who weren't being given this vitamin. That's pretty incredible, right? And with so many respiratory infections floating around today, vitamin C is a must-have supplement to keep on hand for when you inevitably catch something or if you're dealing with allergy-like symptoms or just aren't feeling very well. But you have to know that not all vitamin C supplements are created equal. If you're taking vitamin C in a capsule powder or tablet form, you may be missing out on key immunity benefits. Vitamin C is not easy to absorb, so most supplements pass through your body without ever helping your immune system. A quality vitamin C supplement that I recommend is made by a company called Purality Health. They have a patented vitamin C formula that utilizes something called liposomal technology to help nutrients absorb 800% more efficiently than standard supplements. And each bottle of their vitamin C delivers increased absorption, comes packed with extra nutrients like vitamin E, and it's backed by a 180-day satisfaction guarantee. And today they're offering 30% off to my listeners. Visit PurityHealth.com and use the coupon DRJ to save 30% on your order. 
the next time you're sick, you'll be grateful you did this. Again, visit puralityhealth.com. That's P-U-R-A-L-I-T-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and use the coupon D-R-J for 30% off today. Now, as we're looking at the pelvic floor, um, we know that you know how we're seated, how we're standing, kind of how we're moving is going to have an impact on it. Can you can you go into that a little more detail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So standing posture, let's talk about that. Um, there's 26 bones in each foot, all right? There's a big bone at the back of the foot. It's your heel called your calcaneus. So if you think about the bony structure of our feet, there's 26 bones, one big bone at the back. The other 25 bones are small, funny little shape bones. Small little bones are meant for movement. Think of the bones in your hands. Think of your spine. Those bones are meant for movement. Big, long bones like our leg bones, our arm bones are meant for stability, for holding. So when we're standing, we want to load the foot in its most optimal way, how it's it's designed. So many of us live with about 80% of our weight forward into the front of the foot, the forefoot, the Mm. toes, we clench, right? And then we wear footwear. Even a running shoe has a little bit of um, degrees of of incline where, you know, your footwear is pushing you forward per se, let alone a woman in a great high heel shoe. That's even going to create more of that forward weight on the balls of the feet. When we stand that way, our quadricep muscles in our legs really overwork. Our toes grip, our glutes and our hamstrings at the back of our body really go on vacation. So we now create this big bow in the back of the body. The low back starts to get more rounded and our head gets a little forward just because we have the wrong displacement of weight Mm -hmm. through our feet. Optimal displacement, about 60% of your weight in your heels and about 40% across the widest part of the foot. We call it the metatarsal. So it's not the toe pads. The toe pads should be quite light, all right? So 60% in the heel, about 40% across the widest part of the foot. Then your head, if you were driving in your vehicle, think of your head being against an invisible headrest. Once you've set your head and your feet, gang, the the rest of the body really is going to follow suit. You don't have to worry about where are my shoulders? Where are my ribs? Yes, we can we can detail that if you wanted to, but it's really setting the endpoints of the body in this gravity. You know, we live on a planet with gravity. We don't we don't feel it, but over time we can sure. You know, that's why we see things like the osteoarthritis in the world because the structure starts to get broken down by by poor posture. That alone, that sixty forty, actually sets your pelvic floor up for success because now it's like oh. I feel those bones above me. I know how I need to support this body versus all that weight forward. It's like, have you ever tried to lay in a hammock on the edge of the hammock Mm -hmm. instead of the center of the hammock? What happens? You flip out of the hammock. That's the exact same thing that's happening with the pelvic floor. So standing posture, 60-40 is the number one rule. Yeah, that's key. And you know, when I practiced chiropractic, we used to talk about forward head posture all the time and how that restricts breathing, how it actually activates the sympathetic nervous system, creates a fight or flight response. And so our standing posture, what like the way that you were explaining it, when we're quad dominant uh, and everything's kind of going forward, we're also going to accentuate that forward head posture, which is going to further restrict our, our respiratory capacity, um, activate again, that, that fight or flight response, and then probably cause further tension in the in the pelvic floor exactly exactly and so let's touch quickly on seated posture because i mean we are now a zoom society that we are sitting a lot not that we weren't before but so when we are seated those bony butt bones the ischial tuberosities that i talked about before they actually can become your 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 feet in you know Mm as if you think about it that way. So, so many of us sit at the front of those bones. Like if you were putting a golf ball on a tee, the ball would roll off the tee. We sit forward. We sit forward because there's a muscle called the psoas that attaches from the inside of our leg to, you know, the, the, the bones of the lumbar spine and the intervertebral discs. And it, it, it pulls, it pulls us forward. Mm. So if we use those bony butt bones as our accountability and get up on them and then bring that head back on that 
invisible headrest, now that cylinder, that core that we built out, now it also gets to work because it's holding the bones where they should. I always say in my Pilates practice, the structure, like the bones are key. If your bones aren't where they belong, it's still posture. It's just not optimal. And your muscles are going to follow suit. Your ligaments are going to follow suit. Your fascial tissue is going to follow suit. But once we get those bones where they belong, oh my gosh, magic can actually start to happen because the body's like, I remember this. This feels efficient. This feels optimal. This is where I want to live. And then, like we said before, it plugs into circulation, digestion, respiration, elimination, all of those pieces. So um, that's my that's my little hack for seated posture is use those bony butt bones and don't let the, your ego get in your way. If you got to move the flesh out of the way, if you got to move your butt out of the way to feel those bones, move your butt out of the way to feel those bones so that you can start to build a new neural network like, oh, this is what seated posture should feel like. Yeah, that's really good. Now, hydration also plays an important role here. Hydration is key, is key. Mm. So um, what I like to talk to my community about is even the way we drink water. So, so many people will just like chug their water or think, oh, geez, it's two o'clock. I've only gotten, you know, three cups in or a liter in. I need to chug some water. And how you drink your water is a really important, you know, part of your hydration strategy, which a lot of people don't think about. So when you sip your water, that sipping action more often actually creates time for that hydration to be absorbed into the cell wall versus just make it down to your bladder, right? Working with women with pelvic floor, I've heard it all. Women have bladders the size of peanuts walnuts, sunflowers, like they use all the different seeds. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's not really that way. But when we guzzle our water, it, it it will make us feel like we have to perpetually go to the bathroom. So sipping versus chugging is one of the first things that I that I talk about. Our thirst mechanism needs to be woken up just like we do in the morning. So the sooner in your day, you can grab those first sips of water. I love to put a little bit of Himalayan sea salt in mine. Um, that's going to wake up the thirst mechanism because if you're reaching for your glass at noon, there has been a huge missed opportunity. The body usually doesn't feel thirsty until you're dehydrated, right? So if we use thirst as the clue that I need to pick up my glass of water, it's probably already a little bit for, for gone, right? You're already in that dehydrated state. And it's important to know from a pelvic floor health perspective that when you are properly hydrated, your organs are going to work more optimally. So that bladder that you think is the size of a walnut is actually going to work better because it has the hydration, the tissues are hydrated so that it can function optimally. So we, it's just a little bit of a mindset shift around, around hydration mm. that I think is, is really important. And for a lot of us, that brain fog um, can be just a really dehydrated body. So there's some symptoms like that, that we may not, you know, connect the dots to that impact are impacted by, by our hydration. Yeah. Hydration is so critical and actually a uh, little known fact about hydration is that when we're dehydrated, we actually release more histamine. And so we can have more allergenic like responses, runny nose, different issues like that. Histamine helps triage the water into the vital organs. And um, so we get more histamine. And so to keep histamine under control, which again is more of an inflammatory agent, mm -hmm. we want to stay hydrated. And taking the salts actually really helps with that because it helps drive the hydration into the the, the cells of the body. So, um, so, so important uh, to stay well hydrated. Now, when it comes to dealing with pelvic floor, what can people start to do? Obviously, you talked about proper standing, proper sitting posture. What are other things that they can be doing? Yeah. So standing in seated posture, important, right? I would say the number one thing people could start to do is actually learn how to breathe diaphragmatically. That's, that, that's the first thing, right? Because the pelvic floor is taking cues from its best friend right above it, which is the diaphragm. And so can we do a real quick demo yeah, of, of diaphragmatic it. breathing? Okay. So um, obviously if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel, but if you can get your hands on your body, it's really good to just feel the breath. So if you put one hand, there's a, a flat bone here on the sternum. chest called the sternum. Yeah. yeah. And then the other hand is going to go on your belly button. All right. 
So when, when we breathe with our diaphragm, we're going to, I'm going to teach you the in through the nose and out through the mouth version. There's lots of different ways to breathe, but that's what we're going to focus on today. So if you were to um, inhale through your nose and try and fill your bottom palm with air. And as you exhale, try and take the belly button and pull it gently away from that bottom palm. And the breath has an HA sound, like you're fogging up a mirror, warming your hands if, on a cooler morning. Do that again. Inhale through your nose. Try and fill your belly button into your bottom palm. And it's not forced, okay? And then exhale, try and pull the belly button away from the bottom palm. Now, this time I want you to keep doing that again, but turn your focus to your upper hand and let's try and move the upper hand as little as possible. Inhale, fill the bottom palm while you're focusing on moving the top palm as little as possible. And exhale. And one more time, focusing on filling the bottom palm with air while moving the top hand as little as possible. And we're gonna add on. Inhale through your nose, fill your bottom palm with air, moving the top palm as little as possible. And this time as you exhale, try and think about lifting that pelvic floor, picking up that grape or guys, you're visualizing walking into that lake and see if you can just lift that elevator a tiny little bit without clenching your butt. Okay, the anus is gonna, is gonna just squeeze a little bit. And then inhale and let that elevator melt back down. Let the belly button come back in toward the palm. And on the exhale, one more time, think of the lifting of the pelvic floor, the belly button coming in toward the spine, the top palm moving as little as possible. And on the inhale, the belly fills with air and the pelvic floor returns. Okay, so the, that's a lot. All right. It's kind of like patting your head and rubbing your tummy. So if you were like, <laughs> I actually don't know what the heck she just said to me, watch this part back. Okay. I, I tried to build it in pieces and you would think, I, how do I not know how to breathe? Right? Like I, <laughs> we breathe what 86,000 times a day or something like that, but there is a quality breath. And that's what I'm trying to teach here is that when we breathe diaphragmatically and it can be three to four times a day, 10 to 12 breaths, just to start this, because we really have to think about what do we want moving? So many of us actually, and why I had everyone place their hand here is because so many of us have stopped using the diaphragm and because the body is so brilliant, there's a backup. It's like mm -hmm. the, your quarterback gets hurt. There's a backup quarterback that can come into the game to, to, you know, continue marching the offense down the field. Our backup quarterback are a group of muscles in our neck called the scalenes and the sternocleidomastoids. These little muscles are like strips of beef jerky and compare the size of these muscles to that big, beautiful dome mushroom cap uh, diaphragm. These are, and the other thing is that these guys here, they already have a job. Part of their job is holding this belly button or this, this bowling ball in the right position. So for those of you who cannot wait to get to see your Cairo, to get to your massage, to get to your acupuncture, because you're all jacked up in your neck and your headaches are, are back five times a week. And you're like, oh, thank gosh, I got my treatments. And then 72 hours later, you're like, when's my next appointment? When we're breathing with the neck, I, I, I call my clients that are their neck breathers, I call them my little goldfish, right? You're breathing with your gills essentially. Mm -hmm. And these little muscles get <clears throat> really tired really quickly. And so if that's also something that is, you know, part of your life, part of your patterning, if you learn to use your diaphragm, these little muscles are going to love you forever and ever, amen, because you're going to take away the breathing function and let they're going to let them be the backup quarterback because that's all they want to be because they're already holding this. And so that's, I mean, if we focus on the breathing, which is the one thing, if we were making a Venn diagram, there's probably like 15 or 16 little touch points that your entire body is going to be loving you for because you've actually learned how to breathe properly. Yeah, that's so good. I think all of us need to be more intentional when it comes to our breathing. So I'm really glad that you gave that demonstration. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment and tell you about a new product that I've been taking every single morning. It's from our friends over at Paleo Valley. It's called Neuro Effect. 
And it is a neuro-supportive blend of eight full-spectrum mushroom extracts and whole coffee fruit extract. It's designed to help boost up brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, which is like miracle grow for your brain cells. It has got lion's mane mushroom, well-renowned for its effect on the brain. It's got reishi mushroom, which is phenomenal for your immune system. It also helps with calming your brain and helping you sleep more effectively. It has got shaga, as well as cordyceps in there, which are phenomenal for energy and for mental clarity. It also has turkey tail mushroom and maitake, which are amazing for your immune system as well. So this product also has a whole fruit, has whole coffee fruit extract, only two milligrams of caffeine, but whole coffee fruit extract actually boosts your BDNF levels 4.3 times greater than if you were actually drinking coffee itself. I mean, we all know that coffee helps improve your energy or mental clarity, but it's the whole organic coffee fruit extract that has the most powerful effect on your brain without the downside of caffeine. That's what you get in this neuro effect product. So I've been taking this on a regular basis to support my brain health, my immune system. I take it in the morning and you can try it now too. I've negotiated with Paleo Valley to make sure that you guys get 15% off this product. It's called Neuro Effect. You can find it at paleovalley.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to get 15% off today. You also developed this cooch ball that you sent me. And yeah. uh, so I'm really, really interested in that and kind of how you, what was the inspiration there behind developing yeah. this? Okay. Can I show it? Yeah, for is that sure. Okay. Okay. So this is the cooch ball. It's co-branded as the gooch ball for guys. And we'll talk about it in a bit, but here was, here was my inspiration. I was doing seminars at my studio on pelvic floor wellness. They would sell out all the time. When I was doing my presentations, my education, my inspiration, no one would make eye contact with me. No one would ask questions. Yet there would be a line of women in tears waiting to talk to me after. And it happened every time, like rinse and repeat. And it made me realize how muted we are about this, this situation in our body. And it, it kind of fired me up a little bit because I went from like being empathetic to being a little bit pissed off. Like, why are we not talking about this? It's a, it's a part of our body and we should be able to understand it better than we do. And so I did some work with a urogynecologist from Reno, Nevada, and his research showed that in 90% of pelvic floor dysfunction in a woman's and a man's body, it was actually a movement slash fitness issue, not a medical issue. Well, that was huge for me because I am not, not a doctor, but I am, I was a Pilates teacher. And I was like, wait, if I could help, if I can help 90% of these people, cause it's movement slash fitness, then I'm going to do that. So then what I realized through working with him more is that, and with all the research, you know, in kinesiology and, and personal training that a muscle when healthy is surrounded by oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich blood. When there's a lack of blood, there is a lack of nutrition to that muscle. So it cannot be as strong, as flexible, as supportive for our body as it could be if it had that environment. And so then I was like, okay, wait a minute, we're teaching the Kegel, but the Kegel isn't actually bringing more blood flow. It's teaching the function of the lift and the lower. But how do we create the environment for change? How do we create that foam roller experience on the iliotibial band when we're rolling out those IT bands on the side of our leg? How do we create that in the pelvic floor? Because if we could bring oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich blood to that area, add the breathing, I think that could be a really great solution. Because you know what? The $21 billion incontinence industry and the $9 billion erectile dysfunction drug industry is not a solution. It's not. It's just working with a symptom that mm. makes people feel like they can gain control, but it's not the solution. And so being the mom of three boys, I went down to the toy box and I had all sorts of little like mini basketballs and all these different floor hockey balls. And I just started sitting on them. And I never found, and it was like the three bears. Some were too hard. Some were too soft. There wasn't one that was just right. 
So I thought I'm just going to, I'm going to create one. And that's what I did. I created the cooch ball. Um, it, it is a patented pelvic floor fitness tool. So it's not like the power ranger or Dora the explorer little dodgeball. You can go to a department store and get what's really special about the ball is the layer that is between the bladder of the ball and the outer rubber layer of the ball. That's the patent. It's this really great nylon thread that we wrap in a really specific way to give the ball a little more sustenance so that when the weight of the body is on the ball, it can create that same fascial release experience that mm. let's say a foam roller can in the quad. That is key because now I can create that oxygen rich, nutrient rich blood environment and I can be very meditative on the ball with my breathing now I've got the perfect storm because if I've got a too tight pelvic floor sitting on the ball will help me create the release and then I can reconnect to the function of the lift and lower. If I've got a too hypotonic or a lack of tone pelvic floor too loose, sitting on the ball is going to start to connect my brain with what does that lift actually feel like? So it's not that squeeze release, but it's that very beautiful, subtle lift and lower we talked about. And um and that's what I did. And you know what? The first thousand units landed at my studio in January of 2020. I flew to Tampa. I did like a Shark Tank type competition with the Home Shopping Network, won that competition, <laughs> was scheduled to go back to do my first eight minute show on the Home Shopping Network in April of 2020. And then COVID landed three weeks mm. before my flight. <laughs> and um, I needed to pivot. And so I put up a, a, a landing page and I started doing healthy pelvic floor webinars. And that's how people have come to know the cooch ball. It comes with educational, um, you know, I, I hold your hand along the way and make sure you really understand what this is about and what, what you should be feeling and what you should not be feeling. It works beautifully in conjunction with pelvic floor physical therapy because I'm a huge proponent of pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, my husband swears by it. He swears he can get 20 yards further off the first tee. He feels like he can empty his bladder. He's 49. He can empty his bladder more. I love it. Our, you know, our college golfer boys love it. And um, I just feel really grateful to have, you know, the idea land to be able to give people at least an option to consider when they're looking for um, a plan for pelvic floor health. Yeah, for sure. And it's a really simple thing to do. It's basically a ball that you sit on for three minutes a day. So the Three compliance minutes. is, you know, it's, it's an easy thing. You just kind of keep it around. And then, uh, you know, three minutes is not a whole lot to ask. No. And you can do it when you're on a zoom call. And here's the thing, gang, when you're on the cooch ball, there is something that I call the ouch factor. All right. So it's not going to be like awesome <laughs> the first time or the first <laughs> month. Right. But here's what I can tell you is that ouch factor. The level of the ouch factor is directly related to the health of that part of your body. Mm. So I talk about letting your breath be your guide. That's why the breath is so critical. If you can get on this ball and you blow the ball up to about 80%, you have it a little bit squishy. All right. If you can breathe diaphragmatically calmly on the ball, stay for three minutes. If your breathing becomes erratic, if you find that you're holding your breath or you're clenching your body, you got to come off. And at that point, go sit on your couch or go sit on your mattress. Let that take the brunt of the ball in the, in the early days. But guess what? After seven days, maybe you'll be able to stay for 30 seconds. And after 14 days, maybe you'll be able to get on the floor or on a chair that's not so cushiony. And after 30 days, maybe you notice, hey, I'm only getting up once at night instead of three times at night. And I feel so much more rested and I have so much more energy. So that's really, it's not, it's not a quick fix. It was never meant to be a one and done. It is meant to be just like we have dental hygiene. It's meant to be a part of our life that way. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say easy, but it's, but it's ease. It's meant to have mm. ease and simplicity around it. Yeah, really, really good. And where can people get those? So I think we're going to have a link in the show yeah. notes for a special bundle that I've made. Just gang, if you're a part of Dr. Jocker's community, 
we've put together a bundle that you actually cannot get on my website. All right. So, I mean, coochball.com is where you can go, but mm -hmm. if you're looking to get it, get it in the show notes link, because what we've done is we put the cooch ball that comes with a pump with a needle. Let me tell you, the needle of the pump is in the sliding block handle. Okay. We didn't forget it. That's where we tuck it in. And we're going to, you're going to get all the basic educational materials that create your pelvic floor upgrade e-course for the women, the, the gooch power with my, my husband, Jason is on that, uh, on that course with me for the guys. Plus I'm going to add something called the cooch fix pack mini, because this little ball, I also show you in three 30 minute videos, how to use it for gut health, how to use it to melt away tension in your neck and jaw. We do some work on the face with this lower body. We work on some sciatic glute mead stuff. We do some inner thigh work. And then I've got a whole 30 minute session where we go through using your cooch ball on the ascending, the transverse and the descending colon for gut health, constipation, bloating. Mm. So we're going to add that as a bonus that you cannot get on my website. So look for that link in the show notes. That's some great resources. So basically you can use this almost like a, a massage tool or a acupuncture, acupressure style tool yeah. um, in different regions of your body. Absolutely. And, you know, during the day when I'm on calls, I'll also use it just in between my knees, you know, to work mm. on my lower body alignment or I'll place yeah. it just kind of at my mid back, you know, when I'm, when I've been on calls for eight hours, yeah. just as a reminder. So I have it within arm's length all the time. Um, and it really, I, I, I can tell a difference on the days when I don't use it to when I do. Great. Well, Jana just put together that great package guys. You can check out the show notes on drjockers.com. Look for the podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, really excited about that. And I just got my cooch ball in and just blew it up this morning. So I'm excited to use it yeah. and, uh, experiment with it and have my wife use it as well. And, uh, we'll report back to you on, on our experience with it. But I think this is such an important topic and I really, uh, you know, just want to take a moment. Thank you for, for coming mm -hmm. on and, and sharing this with our audience. You're welcome. I just, I, I love that you opened up your, you know, your platform to this because I do think that it needs to be talked about in a different way. And I hope that I've left yeah. your audience with at least one bite-sized piece of information that they can implement into their lives after this podcast. For sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Jana guys, definitely check out the show notes on this podcast and, uh, check out the cooch ball. And we'll see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.